Greetings, my friends. Welcome to the Mint Mob podcast. Jason here. Got my buddy Alex across the pond in Germany. We're going to jump into what's going on in the crypto world today, what's going on with Goodfellas, and talk a little bit about what's happening in the world of Twitter clones, namely Farcaster. So, Alex, what's going on, bud? How's things over in Germany? <clears throat> it's very good. Um, a lot of green in the markets today. You, you might have noticed. Um, I was actually pretty surprised to see that because it's when, when I checked the markets this afternoon, my time, um, everything was quite, quite red because like in the past few days, we've seen a good run. Um, Bitcoin got up and then I felt like, okay, that's, that's just a little cor uh, correction here. And then out of the sudden, like um, within one or two hours, like Bitcoin flew from 47 to 50. And yeah, it seemed almost like some kind of parabolic move. Uh, and yeah, this is a quite good ending to that day. And it's actually so good because if you monitor the um, markets and see what's happening in the, in the background with Grayscale, who sold so much of their Bitcoin and that's coming to an end. ETF is still buying, the ETFs are still buying so much. And um, yeah, it's, it's set, to, set to go to moon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got that. Let's see, we're on block. In Bitcoin news, we were on block 830,181. So we have less than 10,000 blocks to the next halving, which of course normally drives Bitcoin through the roof. So we've got the ETFs buying, underpinning what's happening in uh, Bitcoin. And I think the 50,000 mark is a real huge psychological barrier for a lot of folks, uh, especially in the investment world. But from what I understand, inflows from the ETF world has been pretty strong something like five billion in the first week who knows what it's at today i haven't checked but it's got to be multiple multiple decabillions at this point and yeah the price hitting a fifty thousand first time ever or not the first time ever but the first time in two years that that's happened that's a huge huge sign and of course we saw every altcoin following bitcoin so <laughs> here we are bitcoin doing what bitcoin does yeah, man, it's crazy. I think I, I just checked and the last time we had 50K on Bitcoin was, um, I think it was December 21. And that's quite crazy if you think about it, because like shortly before that, we had our all time high and now we waited for so long and finally got 50K again. Yeah, feels like you already mentioned it feels like it's it might like alt season should come now. Um, Bitcoin definitely moved very strong and um, I think ETH is somehow following and then all the other small coins are, are coming. I mean, we, we got some coins already like Solana, of course, who already raised um, 5x or no, not, not 5, what am I talking about? Like almost 12x um, from its low. So um, yeah, you know about it. I know you hold a bunch of Solana and um, <laughs> yeah, let's see where we go from here. Yeah, for sure. The, the, the thing about uh, this market has been interesting is, you know, having been through a few down markets, and this is something that I hope that all younger or new investors start to understand is nothing is ever as bad as it, it seems in the news. So back when you had mentioned Solana was up like 12x right now, I think it's at 109. It's up, you know, a bunch today. But um, yeah, it had dropped all the way down to around $8, eight US dollars per token. And when that was happening, people were terrified. You know, this was during the FTX scandal. There was a huge sell-off. 
you know, everything was going to zero. Everybody's, you know, terrified and freaking out. And I'm just like buying it every day, just buying soul. And I'm looking at market caps, right? I'm not looking at what's happening in the short run or in the macro because at the end, at the end of the day, that it's, it's what's happening behind the scenes in the broader market that really matters. So like right now today, Solana has a market cap of something like $48 billion. You know, uh, Bitcoin sitting on like $980 billion in market cap. I mean, there was no way that these any of these tokens were gonna were gonna die and go away unless somehow or another they just the technology just completely failed. And you know, all of them have been proven enough. The the big ones, the bitcoins, the ethereum's, the tether, you know, the Solana. It's all been proven long enough to know that the tech isn't gonna just randomly fail. So, yeah, I bought quite a bit of Solana when it was cheap, and I've been enjoying the run up ever since. So it's been good. Yeah, I believe that, man. And it's actually quite interesting. And it's actually it's also crazy that everything plays out so perfectly, you know, because everyone is talking about the cycles and the, the halving and, and, and stuff. And with all that being said, and with checking the history of Bitcoin, it was actually unpredictable what's going to happen. And, you know, all the people who got patience and all the people who did not um, panic when, when Bitcoin went down because... Apparently, you could say that it was going to lose 80% of its value. Um, but this year's cycle with everything playing out so perfect and, you know, you have the halving, you had the ETF right before. Um, when I look into the future, I feel like, will we ever have that kind of cycle again with Bitcoin losing 80%, especially with the ETF around? Yeah, that's that's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to see as the market matures in all these tokens, the ones who are going to survive are going to have more buyers and more sellers, larger markets, larger market caps, more uses, um, you know, more global adoption. And at the end of the day, <clears throat> all of those things will signal a, a smoothing out of the curves. And when that happens, you know, the unfortunate thing is the opportunity, the great opportunities go away. So the thing that we have right now with the volatility and the thing that's good about it is if you're smart and patient and you wait for like an 80% crash in Bitcoin or ETH or Solana, whatever the thing was, then you throw your money in there knowing that the market caps are large enough such that these tokens aren't going away. If you just sit back, you can watch those returns come in for the next couple of years. You know, so like I said, I bought the, the Soul at like eight bucks. I even bought a bunch of Ethereum when it was 800, you know, so, and at the end of the day, those types of opportunities, I don't see, you know, existing past regulation, because as regulation comes on board and more and more people adopt it, you have more of a cushion for all these surprises. You have more buyers and sellers, you have this larger market cap, this larger market, this larger adoption. Well, if there's a, if there's trouble in one spot, spot of the one spot on the globe, then the rest of the globe sort of acts as a cushion and it will basically eliminate these massive swells up and these massive drops and then throw in regulation on top of that where people have to be, you know, KYC'd and they're paying taxes on this stuff and all that kind of thing. It just smooths it out that much further. So I think if you're smart enough to get in now and hold, you can do really well as long as you understand the volatility is your friend 
if you start getting scared with the volatility and you don't understand what's happening or you're not looking at these market caps, then, you know, most people end up doing the wrong thing, which is they sell as something falls and then they try to buy it back as it goes up. And really you got to flip that upside down and do it the exact opposite. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I also feel like, like it's still a good entry for people who, who come into crypto right now. Um, I mean, you just mentioned that you bought Sol for $8. I mean, you you obviously bought the absolute bottom and that's like, it, it needs luck as well for that because you never know if it goes to five or $4. I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter, but um, hitting the exact bottom is great. And um, most of the people try to do that. Um, same with the with the with the um, local top in the end or or the all time high, nobody's usually able to 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 hit that. And I remember back then in twenty one, people were saying like, "Hey, we are going to see Bitcoin over one hundred k." And you know, then we had that first drop, and people panicked, and then it went up and made like a little like another all time high, a little higher than the previous one, and people was again calling for prices over 100k and then it dropped down and people expected it to go up again but it didn't um until now so yeah hitting hitting the bottom and 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 selling at the all-time high is probably um the hardest the hardest challenge here um you you obviously got a golden hand so let me know when you sell <laughs> yeah no i mean the thing is it's funny you you hit the nail on the head you can never know when the bottom is like soul could have gone to 80 cents you know I, there's no way of knowing um and also and and by the same token you never know when the top is going to be in right all you can do is just take your best uh, guess based on history so if i'm looking at a market like uh, real estate or stocks and bonds or crypto i know that anytime there's a shock that goes way up or anytime there's a shock that shoots the market way down, that that's temporary. And so all I'm betting on when I bought soul at eight, 10, 12, 14, and back to eight, whatever, whatever I was looking at was just understanding that that was temporary. Right. So just like if I had bought on any market, it's all temporary. And just like this climb, you know, Bitcoin is leading the charge again. At some point, um, Bitcoin will peak in the next halving cycle. It always does. And there, there will be an opportunity to sell. And when that is, I don't know. But if history holds, and it may or may not, right? Like this is one of those disclaimers where it's like, you know, past performance does not indicate future results kind of a thing in the fine print. You know, as a general rule, it has that 80% pullback. But like you were saying, if the uh, 11, currently the 11 ETFs that are approved in the U.S. are underpinning the buying, then you may not see that massive drop anymore, right? The market will start to smooth out because you've got so much money flowing in, constantly buying and selling. So when it hits a point where you're up big and you feel like it's time to take profits, that's the time to take profits. And what I've seen in the crypto market is, you know, someone will be up, you know, I mean, it's easy in the crypto market to get up 100% sometimes, right? And someone will look at that and they'll be like, well, I'm going to keep holding. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you're up 100%. If you were going to be a, up, and, and it'll be up 100% in something like, I don't know, a week, a month, two months, right? Some ridiculous short time frame. And if you wanted to duplicate that in, in the real market, you'd have to wait years to get up 100% on your money. But people are looking at that because it's so commonplace, like it's not enough. Well, up 100% is not enough. I'm going to keep holding 
And then they ride it all the way back down and then they sell for like a 10% gain or a 20% loss rather than just taking the gains, especially in these meme coins, these unstable meme, co meme coins. If, if I'm ever up in a meme coin or if someone airdrops me a meme coin, I'm dumping it immediately for something stable because all of them are going to zero. So when it comes to playing these little swing trade games, I'm not, you know, I'm not super brilliant. I'm just looking at what history tells me, and that tells me that anytime there's a shock up or a shock down, it's temporary. So I'm just buying those things. As long as the story, as long as the underlying story holds true and the technology is there, it's temporary. So that's really all I'm looking at there. There's no magic to it, you know, no special sauce, so to speak. Yeah, man, couldn't agree more. I mean, you just mentioned it. It's it's pretty questionable if we are going to see another 80% um, decrease in value on Bitcoin. Um, and that's why this is probably here another golden opportunity and maybe the last one, making making millionaires and stuff because um, you mentioned it. Usually in, in, in stock trading and everything, we cannot expect these returns. Um, people are spoiled in, in crypto space, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think in the last episode, you, you explained it pretty good that, you know, when people have that fuck you money and they can take it and like invest, I don't know, five, 10 K, uh, into meme coins and it doesn't hurt if they lose it, but they have a pretty like a massive chance of, of getting a 100 X return. It's not a massive chance because you said it usually they go to zero, but having the chance of having some kind of 100 X or 1000 X return, um, it's definitely worth a try for some people and some people made big money with it. Um, but in the end, in terms of investing, it's definitely uh, the, the better choice to, to stick to, to um, crypto coins who actually have some kind of viable business and sustainable business behind. And um, yeah, let's see. I, I think you are all set up with your crypto portfolio. Um, I am as well. And let's see where, where the, the markets bring us the the next couple months yeah for sure i mean i think you you made a great point there and you talked about people being up kind of piggybacking what i was saying and the thing that people forget sometimes it's not how much you make it's how much you keep so if i'm up 100 percent, okay i can lock in those gains by trading into something like usd or tether or something like that and i can just wait for the market to do whatever the market's going to do until i find another fairly sure thing and I can move out of that stable token into something else. And I think people forget how easy that is in the crypto world and just take it for granted. There's no need to hold a, a token that's super volatile. If you're up big, just convert it to USD and wait for the next opportunity because the market will give you one if you're, you know, if you're just patient enough to wait. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I can actually speak from, from experience. When I entered crypto space back then, I almost made like, how much was it? It was definitely US dollars, 6K, like with an initial investment of 500 bucks. And yeah, lost two days later. <laughs> so because I was definitely, definitely like, like when I saw it, I, it was, I think it wasn't even a meme coin. It was just some kind of low market cap coin. I invested some money and it, it exploded. And um, I actually hold or held and um, yeah, it went to zero after. So um, for some people, it might feel like money printing when, when you have that beginner's luck here. 
but um, in the end, definitely like sustainable investing is definitely the the way to go. I mean, um, I think everyone in the crypto space experienced losses. So I've never heard from someone like, um, "Hey, I've only gained money and never lost something." Um, and especially with this space where it's so tempting to try making money quick, um, most of the people are going to. Hey, buddy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Where did I lose you? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. What, what it, it, yeah, I think Telegram just said, screw you guys. Enough is enough. We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you were talking about your uh, your what, your what 1,200% gain that you sat on and didn't lock in. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I made that money pretty quick from an initial investment of 500 bucks and... And yeah, made 6K and lost them like two days later. So <laughs> yeah, in the end, you know, almost everyone in the crypto space is probably lo losing money. And um, it's pretty tempting to try to get that quick money. But in the end, you know, you always experience the good and the bad stuff. And um, yeah, we, we had to experience it twice with, with entering the NFT market as well, because it's actually the same shit. Everyone tries to, to scam you and stuff. But yeah, you learn from that and definitely choose wiser in investments uh, in the, later when, when you've done that. Yeah, for sure. And that's a classic example of what I was talking about. Like if you're up 1,200%, there's not a single investor in the world who wouldn't take those gains. It's like, you know, I'm up 1,200%. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you know, I'm cashing in my chips and I'm going to sit on the sideline and see if this thing continues to move or if it offers me an opportunity you know, to invest in, in something else later. So, yeah, that's one of those lessons that, that's really hard to learn for sure. Yeah, but but that's actually comparable to to the guys who, who bought Bitcoin very early. And then, you know, once they sell or once you talk to people later and they're like, hey, what, you bought Bitcoin in two, 2012, you, would, you could be a multimillionaire now. But, you know, once you realize Bitcoin is actually going from 100 to 200 and then three, four, 500, you know, you, you would have sold already. You wouldn't have kept it all the time. So, like you said, the, the wise choice is to, to um, take profits, but um, you're definitely tempted to hold because you see it like rising and you, you feel like, okay, I want more, more. You get greedy and um, that's why you do not... Yeah, that's why you're not making good decisions anymore. So, um, yeah, but like you said, we, we learned from that and um, definitely making better decisions, decisions today. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I held like back in the 2015 or 16, I had, I gambled, I don't know, $1,600, $1,800 and bought four Bitcoin for four or 500 bucks, whatever it was. And it went to $2,500 a token. And I was, I thought I was the smartest guy on the planet. I'm like, I'm up, <laughs> you know, 500% on this Bitcoin and I sold it, you know, yeah. because those types of returns are unheard of in the, you know, traditional markets. And so of course, you know, then as soon as I sell it, it goes to 20,000. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm a huge miss there. But then it drops back down to 3,000, you know, because of the pullback. But you know, when, when you're not accustomed to those types of gains, you, you do things like that because it's a smart thing to do. But likewise, if you've never seen the old market and you're only accustomed to the new market, then you do stupid things in the opposite direction. You hold things that you should sell instead of selling and locking in those gains. 
It's just, you know, it's just frame of reference, right? But but how come you, you bought Bitcoin back then? Like, was there any kind of reason? I had been exposed to this idea of Bitcoin uh, earlier and, and tried to basically set up a miner back in the early days on my laptop just for shits and giggles. And so I had known about it and it had started to gain popularity and Coinbase became a thing, which was a huge exchange here in the US. And they more or less legitimized it. So I was like, okay, well, if there's a company that's building an exchange just around this, then this is going to be a good place to be. And so I should probably gamble a little bit of money and see, you know, what happens with that. And so that's why I ended up buying it. But what year are we talking about now? Is this was like, like 15, 20, 14? yeah, 14, 15, 16. I don't remember exactly, but somewhere around in there in the early days and in, in the first few years of Bitcoin. Man, that's crazy because like I, I know that the guys who went in like around 2011, 12, it was some kind of Bitcoin board back then where people like wrote all that stuff. And um, I think that guy who bought the pizza um, made like a post about it. And, and like it's pretty famous that he <laughs> yeah. bought like how, how, how much was 10,000 Bitcoins or something for two pizzas? <laughs> I don't remember, but it was some insane amount of Bitcoin. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a funny thing. But, you know, back then, Bitcoin wasn't worth much, so it, it made sense. But, you know, today, you, yeah, would, you would never do that, right? Definitely. But, but does it still haunt you, like that, that decision back then? Or are you like, yeah, it was a pretty logical decision back then, and I'm, I'm good with it? No, because it's exactly that, right? Coming from traditional markets, having a, at that point, what was that? It was a 500 plus percent gain. I mean, that, that's still a win. Anytime you sell for a gain, it's a win. And you can look at the market and say, oh, well, I shoulda, 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 shoulda. But the truth is I shouldn't have. Yeah. I was up huge. And the smart thing to do was to lock in those gains. And so, you know, you're going to miss some upside if you're smart, but you're also going to miss some downside if you're smart. And at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable with those decisions no matter which way they take you. And so for me, I just decided you know, I'm going to take this 500 plus percent gain because it makes a lot of sense. And of course, you know, Bitcoin continued to fall after that for, uh, for a while, but then it shot up to 19,000. This was the, the first big run up that it had. And then of course it crashed, you know, down to 3,500 or what have you. And I could have bought back in at that low rate, but I just decided to sit on the sidelines because I wasn't convinced that Bitcoin was going to be a thing, Right. I held some Ethereum and I held some Bitcoin, but I wasn't convinced either of those things were going to last. And so I didn't see the sense in buying back in in those early days after I took that gain. So, you know, looking back on it, you can look back and say, okay, well, you made a bunch of mistakes here. But the truth is, from an investment standpoint, I did the right thing. I locked in my gains. I made money and, you know, I walked away a winner. Now, I didn't win as big as someone who held, but I also didn't take the risk that someone else would have taken on that as well. So, you know, it was the right thing to do in that scenario. Yeah, 100%. And you're not alone. I mean, I'm, I'm very sure there are many people who sold Bitcoin early and um, just took the, the profits. And I, f I feel like the only way to like buy Bitcoin in 2015 or 16 and make like millions of it is probably when you kind of forget about it and or forgot about it. And then it, 
like surprisingly find it again and uh, then you see like hey it's worth millions but i've never heard from someone who said like hey i bought bitcoin back in 2011 and hold it all the way to 2021 just because i, I knew it was going so high you know right. so yeah right Good but uh, let's let's if, if you don't have anything to add um, to to Bitcoin world here, we can like move move forward and um, talk about NFTs a little bit. Yeah, you know. Um, um, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. I wanted to start with. Do, do you want to say something to Bitcoin, or are, are we good with that? Um, I actually probably need to cut it here. Uh, unfortunately, I need to do a short one today. Um, I've got to uh, get onto another appointment or actually wifey does. She's going to jump on with a client here and I don't want to be, uh, you know, making noise in the background because we're sharing a studio. No, okay. But um, we do wanted to jump into NFTs and also Farcaster. And I think maybe we can just save that for the next episode because there's a lot of cool things happening there that are kind of related to this conversation, but um, they deserve, I think, their own time frame. So if you're cool with that, why don't we um, cut this episode short and then we'll, um, we'll jump into these two topics when we can go a little bit deeper next time. Yeah, sure, man. Why not? Just a, a very quick reminder to, to our fellas here. Um, 21 Mint is coming, 21st of February. And we will have... Oh, we, we can't, man. Next time Maria is with us. So the time after that. Um, yeah, we will have Maria as a guest in the next episode of, of the podcast. We are going to find out why she became an artist, how all that started, the way that she works, her inspiration, uh, her ideas behind the pieces that are going to be released um, on our incubator. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, Jason, you have the last words for today. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to that as well. And also I made a connection with the uh, the guy who runs uh, Mogos, who seems like a really good guy, understands the market. And um, he said he was up for a podcast as well. So we'll have him on at some point. But yeah, Maria's art is going to be uh, super, super cool stuff. I got to see it all last week. And I'm excited to really drop that and get that next piece going. And uh, aside from that, we're going to be jumping into Discord later today and dropping some really cool announcements about some collections we've acquired. And uh, I think you guys are going to be uh, stoked that we're acquiring some assets inside the good, the Goodfellas uh, umbrella there. So lots of things on the go. I'll definitely get that announced and uh, we'll be back with a full length episode next week.